0: when I met you in the summer. You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to, I, I guess we call it our summer, our midsummer's night episode. Just going over a little things that are happening within. The beautiful NHL. And then after that, we're going to be on break for a little bit. But when we come back, we'll get into all of our preseason predictions, training camp, injuries that have happened, and it'll surface. Benny, what up, baby?
1: Yeah, it's a midsummer's night dream, especially with the workload we've been having. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so most of the hockey world is on their summer vacation. Which is probably contributing to the lack of movement for some of the big name free agents and the Carlson situation. Everybody's in Banff National Forest this time of year. Um, even you know the big boys curfews on their break. Chicklets are on their break. Um, so and here we are grinding. On. We're grinding. You know, once one up one, one hour every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Getting uh, after it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we'll talk about some of the, uh, death signings, uh, the, we'll take a chance on this dude one year contracts that have been handed out. Uh, once the initial free agency rush happened, um, we'll talk about the Bruins and the Rangers. We'll see Casey, your thoughts on the Bergeron and crazy situation. Um, and then we'll just kind of set the tone, like you said, for when we, Come back into this thing, it's going to be mid August. We'll start talking about anything, any news that's happened between, and then start getting into uh, roster projections, uh, divisional previews, season predictions, all the fun stuff. Uh, first thing I'll start out with is we spent a lot of time on this in the last episode, and I even said it's like if Eisman doesn't make a fucking move now, when is he ever going to make the move? And then I think two days later, he makes the deal for Debrinket. Uh Brings him to Detroit. Brings in... He's not a franchise guy. Like, if he's your best forward, you're not going to be going very far. But he's a, an elite uh, second-tier guy, uh, Dabrinkit, in my opinion. But he brings him in. Uh, signs him to a four-year extension worth uh, 7.8 mil annually on the cap. Um, he traded a first-round pick next year fourth round pick in 2024 dominic kabalik who is basically this decade's peter pruka um and a prospect to ottawa pretty light return for ottawa but i guess they didn't have a lot of leverage since everybody knew he wasn't going back and i i think it was down to detroit and um why am i blanking on the deal now other team, but it was basically down in Detroit and one other team, so not a lot of leverage there. So I think Eisman did a good deal. Uh, I
0: mean, Eiserman looks like a winner on this one. You remember how uh, we talked about when they had got to bring it from Chicago and they had Dorian mic'd up uh, as to like how he had just fleeced Kyle Davidson getting out of that deal. And he's like, yep. yeah, yeah, don't worry. We'll send the paperwork over to you. I, I think that was kind of the, the hockey <laughs> world coming full circle back the other Stevie, I go, no, 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 we'll send you the paperwork. Don't worry about it. It's fine.
1: I mean, it's also, this is his third team in two years, essentially. Yep. Is there a, now they could have gone, Seven years, or eight in a signing trade. They only went four. He's a young guy. I know you can't force the Brinket to sign a long term deal now if he doesn't want to. He's you know he's probably betting on himself. He'll be still in the prime of his career, hitting free agency when the cap has gone up drastically. But four years is that an indication by Eisenman that he's like, just in case it's another PLD type player?
0: Yeah, I I honestly believe that, and not for nothing, too. I mean, I'm not in that locker room up there in Ottawa, but it seemed like last year for who they had brought in and as for the season that they had wasn't particularly bad. Um, Yeah. You know, you got Kachuk there, you got Giroux, you have Stutzel. It just seemed like they're turning the corner. They're trying to be on an upward trajectory, they're supposed and, to take
1: a massive leap.
0: Yes, and uh, they put a push on at the end. It was too, too late, too little, too late. But now it's like, why did he want to get out of there? Like it just seemed yeah. like it, it seems strange. And and I don't mean you know allegedly they're agreeing on new ownership and they're going to get a new building. But what was it? I mean, for for a younger kid, it it was a very young lineup there. It, it seemed like it would be an easy transition for him to go there but for whatever reason i mean wanted out of there
1: yeah the cap was in a good position for ottawa where they had everybody in the back end locked up and they had the space to keep him eight years eight nine million dollars a year like they could go that high so the fact that he it's not like he was in a situation where he knew he wasn't going to get paid and that's why he wanted to get out
0: I, i just wonder if on the other end too Uh, Do you think he wants to go somewhere where he's the A1? And I mean that, like, you know, originally he thought Ottawa was going to be a good place for him. Uh, He gets there. Now everyone else is kind of blossoming. All right, this isn't for me. Now he goes to Detroit where he's basically just fighting with Raymond and Sider there. I mean, everybody else there is either on the back end or very low turnaround for prospects. Like, it just seemed like he he wants to be – the big fish,
1: almost. The big cat. Well, do you want to be the big fish in a small pond and finish in the basement every year? Or do you want to win a Stanley Cup?
0: Well, what like, he did going to Detroit, I mean, I don't think they're winning the fucking Cup this year. So it's like, what? That's what I, I mean. They might like, be a, a year ahead now, but I don't know.
1: Like, I don't know what it says about me. Maybe it means I'm not the Alpha A1 type. But if I could go to a situation and get paid handsomely, and I don't have the pressure of being the fucking guy, sign me up, dude. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, can I be a role player? Perfect. (laughs) But but it's like,
0: you think Ottawa compared to Montreal and Toronto, like, you're not dealing with the crazy media that they were dealing with, like, it it just seemed, like I said, I mean, for age-wise, I mean, you have a younger core there. You got Pinto, McEwen, Kachuk, Batherson, Stutzla, and then you go to the back end, and you still had Shabbat, you had Chickren, you had Brandstrom, you had yep. Sanderson. Like I just felt like it was just like a nice, easy. Like everyone there just had another year under their belt now going into this year, and I think that they're going to be a lot better this year. And I know Ottawa's my team compared to Detroit. I know that, but I'm just saying it honestly, had to be a, a,
1: a fit. It couldn't have been. Be- I don't. It had to be something off the ice. And I'm not saying this is what was a written uh, plausible scenario, but let's say he had an issue with DJ Smith and he goes to ownership and the GM and uh, Dorian is like, I can't play for Smith. Do you get rid of the or you get rid of Smith?
0: Well, uh, you got to go to Brinket. I mean, it seems like the guys have been playing for DJ and going into the summer. I mean, they, st- said DJ was safe, so they made their decision very, very early that it was going to be him or the cat, if that was the essence, yeah.
1: Because there, there was an... I don't remember hearing that DeBrinket wanted out until after that news came out, that they weren't letting go of Smith, and then I think like three days later, all of a sudden, DeBrinket wants out, he will only go to a select few teams, he wants a massive extension, and a I just thought the timing was odd. And maybe Dorian and Ottawa as an organization isn't leaking that because they don't see any benefit to trashing the guy on his way out. But there had to be something. It couldn't be because he's like, I'm unhappy in Ottawa getting paid. The yeah. deal he signed with Detroit, he would have gotten in Ottawa. Like, I'm unhappy being in Ottawa, getting $8 million a year, and being part of a team that's going to be really good. Like, get me out of here. Yeah, there, there
0: <laughs> has to be something more.
1: Yeah. So we'll see what happens in Detroit because I will say this. Dylan Larkin is not going to take shit if Dabrinkit comes in there and starts fucking around. Eisenman's not going to take shit. So there probably was a nice long conversation between Eisenman and Dabrinkit about here's the culture we're trying to build. Do you want to fucking be a part of it or not? So we'll see how if, if there's any ruffling of the feathers uh, in Motown this year with the Brinket, because if that happens, you also sign up to a deal. That's very palatable for a lot of other teams. If you need to get rid of them. So that's another benefit to that deal. Yeah. Um, moving on a uh, couple contract things here. Uh, first Vince Dunn, uh, with the Kraken signed a four year extension cap hit. is about 6- 7.35 million a year, uh, covering his age, uh, what is he, 26? Yeah. Right now? Yeah, so basically through the prime of his year, uh, career. What are your thoughts on cap hit, player, term?
0: Uh, I don't I don't want to say overly. I mean, Vince Dunn had a really good year last year. Do I think he's, you know, seven and a half worthy? Mm. No. Um, I will say four years. I do like the term of it. If at any point they, they want to pull the plug on it, they can. And I'm pretty sure that they didn't give him a no trade. So, I mean, if at any point they want to get out from under it, they can.
1: I uh, They think... gave him a no trade clause starting next year. And then the last two years of the deal, not next year, year after, this coming season, he has no protection. The year after, he has a full no trade clause. And then the last two years of his deal, he has a modified no trade clause where he gives 10 teams he does not want to be traded to.
0: Oh, see I I have terms right here. There's no no trade at all.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I see it on cat friendly modified NTC last 2 years, NTC
0: 2425. Oh, I don't know. my my cat friendly doesn't have it unless it's fucking an old one. But uh
1: <laughs> Anyway, no, I mean
0: yeah. I I like that for him I like that he's young enough. He, he's 26 like you he said. He's, he's in the prime of his career. Seattle is a team that, with him, seemed to thrive, especially on that power play. So I'm just hoping that for them and for both ways, it it works
1: out. But I I think it's a little heavy.
0: A little high.
1: The fit for the player and a team is perfect. I think the system's perfect for Dunn. I think Dunn's the perfect guy to be in that system. But you're paying him as if he's the man. Yes. On your defense core. And Vinstone is a very good player. But if he is your number one and you're trying to make a run to the cup, I don't like your chances too much because he's not a – he has improved defensively, but he's not a 25-minute-a-night, I'm going to shut down Jack Hughes tonight.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I like Seattle. But you look at Vince Dunn at the top of their chain there. You got Dunn, Alexiak, Larson, Dumelin, Schultz, Borgen, Kale Flurry, and Megna. Like, I think if you want to take a step forward from where you were last year, that needs to be
1: better. I hate that they basically swapped out Susie for Dumoulin. Like, I think that's a huge downgrade.
0: Yeah, I like Dumoulin, but but Susie had a great year for him last year. I think Vancouver did good picking him up.
1: Yeah. So, Dunk gets his deal. Another extension, Uh, he is, uh Samsonov in Toronto, just another one-year deal, 3.55 mil. Toronto, run, basically running it back with him as their number one if he can stay healthy. Not that... I mean, unless you're going to take on a massive contract for Hellebuck or Gibson, not too many very appealing options for the Maple Leafs except for keeping him here. Um, He did have a solid regular season for you. He is still young, so maybe he catches fire in the postseason goes on a run. like One goalie a year comes out of nowhere and does that. So I don't mind him keeping him this year. I think the problem was they could have gotten a better choice last offseason. So now they kind of box themselves into him for two, three years. Yeah. So, so he gets his deal. Uh, Tanner Janot uh, with Tampa Bay, they made the big deal for him. They basically decided between him and Ross Colton, and they kept him, traded Colton to Colorado, and they gave Jano a two-year deal, $2.665 million a year. He also gets a modified no-trade clause in the second year of the deal. Everybody's fucking getting no-trade clause. I was going to say, like, the, just... the NHL needs to nip
0: that in the bud. I, I think yeah. max per team, you should have four. And that's it, for, from A to Z, between goalie, star center, and just so everyone knows that, at any given point, you can be on the move. Cause yeah. It, uh, maybe if you sign with the team for it not to count against like their the no-movement clause within the NHL, you get one year to know that you're there. But outside of that, like, if you sign a one-year deal with someone, you don't get it, and you'll probably be moved at the deadline. That's the way the NHL's worked forever. We're not changing that. But if you sign an eight-year deal somewhere, anything over four years, if you sign, the first year has a no movement. And then it would go against the team's four no movement cap because it's fucking ridiculous. I'm looking at Seattle right now, and so I did pull up cap friendlies. In Vince isn't on the front page; it's on the other one, so it must be when it kicked in after. But Vince Dunn, Alexiak, Larson, Dumoulin, and Schultz—five of them have no movement clauses. Even if it's limited, it's no movement. And then on their front end, you know, and this is an expansion team. That's what this is. Their third year. Yep. Eberly has. A no movement. Schwartz, Bjorkstan, Gord, McCann, Wenberg, Brandon Tanev.
1: That's half <laughs> I mean, your team. I, That's half your team. I will, I will give Seattle a slightly more leash because they probably had to make these guarantees for guys to pick up and go to Seattle through the draft and then stay longer term right, to potentially here, be on a uh, basement team.
0: St. Louis Blues. Every, here, I'll, yeah. I'll pull up the Blues right now just to see how many that are here, but like. It's ridiculous, the amount that the – fucking Bucinavich have on. Let's see. Braden Shin. Buchnevich has one. Brandon Sod. Kevin Hayes. Uh, let's see. Verana. And then uh, – Verana has a no-tray clause? Uh, Justin Falk. Tory Krug. Peranko. Letty. Scandella. Oh, my God. The whole defense score. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Verana's a retained salary. I, I apologize about that. Oh, okay. I was
1: about to say, it's like, you just picked him off no. waivers.
0: you get him with no trade like, <laughs> It's like, there's no way you can move anybody. Oh, I, I need to request it. The, and then it's like a limited one. So I can request the 16 team from you. I have to request the 10 team from him. Like, no, do away with it. You, you get four max. I, I think the NHL should implement that because it's getting crazy. And I understand that some people, um, do it to themselves, some of these GMs, and you don't feel bad. But at this point now, it's fucking insanity.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been talk about that. Uh, You know, every summer, they have the Board of Governors, and they talk about different... They kind of plant the seed on things they might address in the future, and one of the things they specifically mentioned was no trade clauses and no movement clauses. Um, I don't know what the right sit- uh, solution is off the top of my head. Maybe there's something similar to what the NBA does, where it's like you designate, um, or I could be talking completely out of my ass when it comes to the NBA with this, but I believe there's something where you designate like specific guys on your roster every year that get special protections, and the rest of the roster you can do whatever the fuck it is with. So like for the Rangers, you'd be like, all right, we get four slots for the entire roster each year. This year, we're gonna we're gonna give it that protection to Fox, Miller, Zibanejad, and Heedle, and then the next year it could be four different guys. Like it gives you that flexibility to kind of move that protection around on a year-to-year
0: basis. And I would be okay with that too, but
1: but something needs to be done. Yeah, uh, I didn't even. <laughs> You got a very real, honest reaction from me when I was reading off Jano's deal and I saw that no trade clause. I'm like, even he got a fucking no trade clause. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. (laughs) Um, But all right, let's get into some of these free agent deals. Uh, I texted you this. One deal, and of course it was you guys that I was like, that's a sneaky good fucking uh, signing. The Jesper Bokras deal. One year, league minimum, mm-hmm. can basically play any position up front. You can play as a role player in a scoring line, can play as a shutdown guy in a checking line. Not overly physical, but drives play. And with the way you guys are set up with your forward group, and we'll get into it with Krejci and Bergeron and your center depth and everything, I think one of the best value free agents signings we'll be talking about at the end of next season, looking back at the free agency class of this summer. I agree. And I think he's
0: put in a position here where we still don't know what's going to happen with Bergeron or Krejci. That's still up in the air. So he has a chance going into training camp. If say, if they do both finally hang him up, he basically is writing himself a blank check for next summer. Cause I think yep. he could just come in here and tear it up. And I'm not saying it because of that, but it's like, if he ends up with, Posternak, if he ends up with Marshand. Like, I just think that if he gets with the right guy, yeah, it, it, he could do very well for himself here.
1: Yeah. And he's 24. He's still extremely young, former second round pick, and he's a natural centerman. So he played wing just to get versatility and get ice time in New Jersey. But he's a natural centerman. So when I looked at that, I'm like, if I'm looking at your top three centers, I would, in training camp, I would start Boquist 2C and put him with uh, Pasta or put him with DeBrusque and see if he can run with it. Once, like, I don't have an answer for you, bro, when it comes to your 1C. Like, I Believe think me, I I'd, rather move, <laughs> I'd rather move Zaka there than have Coil as your 1C. Um, but, I mean, you could, hey, if you catch Lightning a bottle and you're able to trot out uh, Boquist, eighteen minutes a night as your one C, and just have him be carried by his wingers, and then you move Zaka to two C, and then Coil three C, Geeky four C. Like you might be able to squeeze by with that. Is that a Stanley Cup winning center group? I don't know. Um, but for one year, seven seventy five K, that's a low risk, well worth it. Reward. Yep. Yeah. And when that happened, I was like, fuck, man. Rangers should have done that shit. that's <laughs> yeah, always one of those two. And you're like, well, if we knew that, I mean, we would have just done yeah. it. And again, I was like, I would put him on a wing on the opposite side of Panarin. And just let him do his thing. He's like a, he's like a younger, more offensively talented Jesper Fast."
0: And I would say another one of those sneaky signings that just happened would be Jersey picking up Thomas Nosek. Going there and now adding to their yep. depth at the bottom. Like... I just think that it it, this year was the weirdest year for free agents anyways, but now throwing in there's certain guys like this that are still available and they're going for this cheap just to be able to play for a year
1: and then be like, oh, we'll just figure out free agency next year. Wild. I think New Jersey has like 17 NHL caliber forwards signed right now.
0: Yeah. They're going to have to deal some people out of training camp just to, you know, be under the contracts.
1: Uh, a couple other deals running through really quick. Um, Oscar Sumquist going back to St. Louis. Um, didn't work out in Detroit for him, but I think he's a nice fit in their bottom six there. I think St. Louis is going to bounce back and have a better season than he did last year. But Ruby's too good of a coach um, for them to be that far out of playoff contention again. Um, so he signs a one-year deal, 775 again, league minimum. Um, Dennis Garionov going to Nashville, you know, shots came in and he cleared out cap space um they're kind of in a rebuild slash transition year so taking a flyer on a young guy who former first round pick has the ability very inconsistent but has the ability to score a lot of goals and he's going to get the chance to play in the top six and top power play unit in nashville and if he does that if you think he's a fit for your system, okay, great. You give him a two-year deal, bump up his salary, or you sell high to trade deadline. You basically sign a guy for league minimum almost, and then you ship flip him, him right the out deadline for a prospect and a pick. And
0: I agree. Like whatever happened with him into D- uh, Dallas, like he he was I don't know, man, good, and then it was just like. You know, like the clown show, like when you're, you're playing the thing at the circus and you get the wow, wow, wow. Like (laughs) it was like that, Uh, like the bubble year in the playoffs, he played out of his mind, like had a great season. And then it was like, is there something we don't know about off? Like, what is it? And it was just, I I hoped a lot better for him. I I thought he was doing really good.
1: And then we ended up there, but after that playoff run, people were basically saying he's the Russian Chris Kreider. (laughs) Like speed, playing on his off wing, pure goal scorer with size, not a good playmaker, and then he just fizzled. So, again, still young enough, you never know. But if he doesn't turn it around this year, I think uh, his NHL stay is going to be short.
0: Yeah, might be heading back to uh, Mother Russia.
1: Yeah. Um, Two more deals really quick. Another one that when it's signed, I texted you and I was just like, son of a fucking bitch. <laughs> Not because I wanted the Rangers to get him, but because I just know what's gonna happen. Pittsburgh signed Vinnie Hinnestroza one year, league minimum. He's gonna pot 25 fucking goals playing on a wing with Malcolm or Crosby. <laughs> like the guy can score goals. That's pretty much all he can do. He's like Daniel Sprong. He's gonna sign with Pitts. he signed with Pittsburgh. He's gonna battle his way onto the roster. He's going to start on the third line, and he's going to get bumped up because of an injury to Rust or somebody, and he's going to finish the year top six, 25 goals, and Pittsburgh's going to look like – It's like the Yankees in the 90s. They would sign any 38-year-old former outfielder who is now a DH, and then he would get the fucking fountain of life, and he would hit big postseason home runs for the Yankees. That's Pittsburgh. So I just know that's going to happen, and I know it's going to be like – a second round matchup, Rangers-Penguins, and Henestros is going to score a goal of fucking crush Just pop, us. <laughs> pop it off at the right time. <laughs> so, and then the last one, Ranger-related. Uh, they signed Keandre Miller to a bridge deal. Um, there was talk, especially when he started the year off so well. I mean, it's not like he ended the year badly, but uh, that he was going to get a, a massive extension, or he's going to want a massive extension this summer. Uh, Captain to go up. I think him and the Rangers basically went to each other and said, listen, do a bridge deal and once the cap goes up, he's going to get his money. And it's not like he's signing on a cheap year. Two years, basically $3.9 million a year helps the Rangers out. And I think the Rangers have always been good when it comes to like, listen, if you help us out, we're going to help you out. Um, They did it with Lundqvist, they did it with Nash, they did it with Gabrick um so i think that's going to happen here he'll get his money especially if he continues playing the way he was and then the last guy left unsigned for the rangers is lafreniere and there was reports he was close to signing a bridge deal similar two years 2.5 per year um hasn't been official yet but uh he's been practicing unofficially with some of uh The guy's on the team, so I feel like he's an unwindsetter. It's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty much done. Who gives a shit Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. So, Rangers' business is pretty much locked up. I know the Bruins are locked up if Bergeron and Krejci aren't coming back. But if they do decide they want to come back, I open a floor to you. One, obviously, you would welcome one or both of them back with open Open arms. arms.
0: With arms wide open.
1: <laughs> hey, Creed announced yeah. they're having a tour next oh, year. Oh, great! That sounds incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, can you fit both back? Like, let's say they do one year, one million dollar. Mm-hmm. Can can you fit that? And two, if both of them come back, kind of, how does that impact your forward group? Because obviously, you want them back, and it helps you. But then you have basically. Coyle, Geeky, um, who's the other guy you signed for, like, the 4C fourth fourth C job? Uh, I thought that was Geeky. <laughs> I always thought Geeky was going to be on your third line. Current, so hold on. I'm pull it up. I'm talking out of my ass here.
0: Oh, Patrick Brown. I'm sorry. Uh, we, we, yeah, we picked you. up Brown. Yes. I, I honestly don't know how it shakes out. I mean, I would take a very big breath of fresh air knowing that Charlie Coyle wouldn't have to try to be a one or a two C. Um, No, I mean currently we can afford them. My only thing is we just need to see what our final number is for Frederick and um, Swayman because we still have arbitration with the two of them. So once as we get a final number, I mean we could give them the two of them veteran minimums, you know, just to come back we'd be able to fit them under. I'm just thinking here all right, like, probably Zaka up front for the 1A. Uh, If Boquist goes, maybe he's 2C. And then we could keep Charlie where he is, and then we could figure out whether it would be Geeky, whether it would be Brown. Like, if they want to switch guys from wing to center, like, whatever is the flavor of the week, which is fine. I just, if we end up getting... One of them back, I think we're good. If we get two of them back, we have a lot of shuffling, which is the one thing I'm scared yeah. of.
1: The, so do you think the Swayman situation is at all connected to if one or both of them come back for cap space? So basically, if they don't come back, is it okay, we're running it we, we're going to have to focus the be defensive heavy, so we'll bring back both Allmark and Swayman or is it where if Patty comes to Sweeney and says hey listen I'm coming back um then you guys are like all right we can deal Swayman for either more forward help or like prospects and picks to clear cap space
0: yeah and I think like so it says right now our projected cap hit as of right now is 78 it says we have projected cap space of five four, but uh, we also have that hit that that's coming because we went over the bonus penalty. So yep. I'm just one. I, I honestly don't even think we can afford everybody. Even if it, if <laughs> one of them came back, we could. I'm sure we could find a way to wiggle it. But if two come back, like there's no way everyone's fitting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, your cap hit right now also includes Jason Magna. AJ Greer, these guys can get buried in the minors for an extra, like, million. And yeah, and I mean, and you look
0: at our back end, too, like, that That also includes Mitchell. I mean, I, I'm, and I say this as still, we have a lot of UFAs on the back end, Grizzlick, Forbort, Zaboral, like, Shattenkirk only came here for a one-year deal. I'm surprised that a couple of these names haven't gone just for the cap space aspect of it. And then what? Are you going to do it at the deadline? So what? We're focusing on next year. Like, I, I just, yeah. I, I don't get it. Uh, if if it was legitimately a cap crunch and it was that much of a worry, I, I think he would have done a lot more wheeling and dealing in the summer. It didn't seem like that was his, uh, his mo. Like he got rid of he got rid of Taylor Hall, which he should have. But it was just kind of like, all right, we got rid of Taylor Hall. We'll just uh, fill a couple. We'll check a couple of boxes here, bring in some guys, and and that's it.
1: Holy shit, there's two turkeys running down my street right now as I look out my window. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Oklahoma. (laughs) And there's
0: my neighbor who just shot one of them. All
1: right, Thanksgiving in uh, July. Actually, no, let me correct that. One is a turkey and one is a peacock. But they are friends. You got
0: peacocks on the loose down there?
1: Yeah, oh, I do. I mean, I've never seen it before. No, me either. I've only <laughs> seen them at the zoo. Like... <laughs> um. So I guess my question with that is, do you think the lack of wheeling and dealing means Sweeney knows that neither of them are coming back? And this is the roster. I think he knows that. A hundred percent. I think he knows I that. It. I think we haven't got a
0: quote unquote decision yet, but I'm pretty sure he knows.
1: Why don't, why don't they just announce that they're not coming back every time? I believe
0: Burgie is giving it his all to try to come back for one more. I don't think Craigie's coming back. I think that ship has sailed. I just think okay. with all the injuries and everything and Berge has another kid coming, it might be the perfect timing. The guy plays like paralyzed for us like we can't really ask for much more from him
1: but it's just (laughs) the
0: other end of I I think he takes a lot of pride in being here he's been here a long time and, and I don't think it's a as simple a decision to just walk away I think that's the hardest part for him so
1: yeah I mean at some point his wife's probably like hey I need to know that my kid's father is going to be able to play with them in five years. So maybe, you know, take it. easy. Yeah. And
0: I think that's like, you know, you have conversations with your significant other, and I'm sure that's come up to him a lot. And he's just, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to play and to help the team. And she's like, (laughs) I want you to be able
1: to pick the kid up when I have (laughs) like, you know, so I, I mean, I can't even imagine, dude, like, You and I played since a very, very young age, and we played through up through college, Mm -hmm. right? And at our point in our lives, we're having issues like creaky backs, creaky knees. Like, I have the disc issue because of a slew foot that's now just kicking my ass basically a few times a year, concussions. I can't even imagine what it's like to be Patty Bergeron right now, or what his life is going to be like five years from now. Yeah. On the other end. Yeah. Like, like, holy shit, like fucking warrior, but comes at a cost. So, um, do you think, when do you think a deadline will be for an announcement either way? I think,
0: nope. I believe they're going to have to know before they go into arbitration. Uh, So I, I think, We'll know within the next week or two.
1: Okay, so when's the arbitration dates?
0: Uh, I believe Swayman was the 30th, and I believe Frederick was August 2nd. I know they were within a couple of days of each okay. other. All
1: right, so it'll be wrapped up pretty Th- that's soon. That's
0: just my guess. I mean, just for them to be able to sign people, they need to know what their cap is. So. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, for the Rangers, we we're pretty boring. We had almost no cap space to work with, and we barely—we got— A lot more done than I expected, but nothing since then except for the the Miller extension. So, the team you see now is the team we'll have in training camp. (laughs) Is what you get. Um, The last thing I have for you uh, for this episode, we don't need to get into a long, drawn-out thing about it if you don't want to, but opening night, October, Eric Carlson is wearing what jersey? I believe Pittsburgh. I
0: know they said Pittsburgh had sent them an offer. They had rejected the offer. But Pittsburgh knows what they have offered. So I'm just going with, oh, well, you didn't like X too much. All right, we could change that in or out. So, so I think that Pittsburgh's kind of the front runner. I know Carolina's been rumored a lot. I just don't know what Carolina can give them in return. That, that, that's just my biggest thing. Yeah. And if San Jose rejected Pittsburgh's original offer, I, I forget who it was. It was a pick. Uh, it, it was a couple of things. They said no to it. But now on the other end, like San Jose on the other end, it, it, to me, beggars can't be choosing here. Uh, like Carlson's giving you the okay. You're probably going to have to hold on to a little bit of money here. I think you might have to pull the trigger when someone offers you something, because at some point, and Michael Greer, I I know he wants to do whatever is best for this franchise. You know, second year as the GM there, but you're gonna have to make the decision of, all right, if we really want to have to move on from him, we might have to eat some money, but it's gonna open up X amount of dollars for us. I mean, he's at eleven five, dude, eleven five. It's
1: fucking money. I wonder if Pittsburgh. Is saying we need you to eat for money, and and they're saying we're going to give you a crap return. And San Jose is it's, like, if we're eating money, we need yeah. Some type it's of return one, it's one or the other, <laughs> yeah, not both. And I, I agree. I don't know how Carolina what they can offer because I know they don't want they're not going to give up any of their young roster guys like Jury or uh, nature's, but they also cap wise. I really don't see how it works like. You really? Are you really trying to build a roster around the two guys that San Jose was desperately trying to get rid of, and you're going to bring both of them to your defense core? Well, on the other end, yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to bring Burns and Carlson, you're basically going to do what San Jose tried to get rid of, and you're going to be like, okay, we'll replicate well, that. Well,
0: maybe that's what it is. Maybe they uh, just like a D that are in San Jose. They already brought Burnsy there.
1: Maybe they're looking for another. For Pittsburgh, I understand. If you're going to spend that type of money, even if you get 25% eaten, right? Couldn't you spend $7 million on some forward help instead of just worrying about, you already have Latang, who's going to play first pair, first power play. And he's already getting paid handsomely. Do you really need Carlson or do you need someone who's a better either winger in your top six or a legitimate dominant third line center instead of Jeff Carter?
0: I guess that's a fair point, but I will say Carter's actually gone there and played good for them,
1: considering where he was before. He's actually been solid for them. Yeah, I mean, last year was kind of a down year. Everybody had a down year, but I guess uh, Michael Granlund is the savior. (laughs) I think opening night Carlson is wearing a shark jersey. I think San Jose is going to say the fuck. I think San Jose is going to say we want more. What is this guy doing? Sorry as I'm recording. I'm looking out. There's a random dude checking out the brand new truck across the street. My neighbor across the street. It's just like looking inside the windows We're just and shit. we
0: chasing the fucking peacock down. Let's see where the peacock is. <laughs>
1: just, just watching this guy. What a fucking weirdo. Um, he's like barefoot. Barefoot in Tulsa. What a place. Man. Um, Yeah. I mean... Luckily, my neighborhood's fucking nice, but...
0: I don't know. Yeah. The poor guy
1: can't afford shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think San Jose is going to be like, listen, I know we're trying to get rid of the deal, and but we think last year wasn't that much of a fluke. Obviously, he's not going to put up 100 points again, but we think he's going to play well, and we can just try again at the deadline when there's half a season cap it to deal with and half, one less year a team has to take on.
0: Maybe. And I mean, th- that could be the way I just know that if they are getting deals offered for them, w- what is their final say on return? Like like you can't get everything here. It's just do you want to eat a little bit of money or do you not want to hold on to anything? And I think that's what they need to figure out. And for a team that's rebuilding, I would say you don't want to hold on to anything because at some point you want to go get another big fish in the sea and you're going to have to take that off. And I know LTIR in the NHL is used to everyone's advantage, whether it's, oh, this guy can come back after the, you know, for the playoffs or if it's, oh, we can stay out of the salary cap bottom by putting this guy on our roster. Like it's just certain shit that I think San Jose needs to know exactly what they're doing to make it to their benefit. And I still don't think they know exactly
1: what it is they want to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At least it's not the Bruins or Rangers trying to unload Carlson. And we're like, we desperately need to get rid of this deal. Yeah. What what are you guys guys waiting for? And I think that's the (laughs) other thing
0: too, where don't get me wrong. Eric Carlson is a good player in this league. uh, Offensively. He shouldn't not have one. No, franchise. not with a, I think his plus minus was like negative 32 or something.
1: And he's put up a hundred. So points. it's just, it's <laughs> crazy. But all right. So besides Carlson, which is going to get resolved one way or another, San Jose is not going to trade him before the season. They're going to come out and say it because he's one of the faces of the franchise. You're not going to leave him twisting in the wind without a public acknowledgement before camp. Um, so that will get resolved in the next couple of weeks, one way or another. Um, the Bruins situation of Bergeron and Krejci will. And then there's guys out there still. You know, Vlad Tarasenko is still out there. Matt Dumba is still out there. If Jonathan Taze wants to come back, he's still out there. Kane's probably not going to sign until November, December because of his hip surgery. Um, but there's still a couple name brands. Maybe not high quality anymore, but they name brand out there uh, that are going to be hurriedly snatching up jobs in the next two or three weeks. Yeah, I'm actually surprised
0: that some of the uh, the older names there just haven't hit yet. So uh, just like like Tank, I mean, someone not taking a flyer on Tank is different than Dumba. Like, you know, Tarasenko's a little bit older. I think you get away with yeah. like a one year there. But I think Dumba probably wants a little bit more. But if you look at some of the other teams around the NHL, I mean, I would say rosters are already pretty full and for him to kind of just yep. be lurking. It's like, if you haven't already been signed on the first couple of days of free agency, you're on the back burner right now.
1: Yeah. Like he's going to take a cheaper John Klingberg deal. Now, probably what Klingberg had to do with Anaheim Tarasenko. I thought as soon as the brinkett was gone. It was going to be a very quick announcement that he Yeah, just Ottawa. like right in there. Yeah. Tays. I don't know. I thought he might go to Colorado, be like their 3C or something, but we'll see. Um, I don't think he's done. I don't think he wants to go out the way he went out in Chicago. I think he'll sign a one-year deal with a legitimate cup contender at some point. I ain't going um, like a sucker no more. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's still – Pius uh, suitors still out there. He's a nice bottom six yeah. center. 27 years old. He's still unsigned. Like – Every year, like we said, it's a combination of the no-movement clauses and then prospects coming up. Every year, I think there's like a 15% turnover where guys who played in the league last year, 15% of them will be out of a job permanently the following offseason. So I don't think these guys expected to be potentially in that 15%, but we'll find out oh, real yeah, soon well, I don't think anyone ever wants to plan to be there. It just ends up happening. <laughs> um Anything else on your end? Uh, I know we'll have our little summer break here, but I don't know if you anything you wanted to address or random Oh Oh, uh, shout out Uncle James. Talked to him the other day,
0: and he loves the show. He, he wants more of it. I, you know, we're on summer break right now, but don't worry. We'll be back soon enough. Oh, another random one. Um, Big Kev, after years and years and years at the firm, starting at a new place tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. He's been there for – 30,
0: years or something like that.
1: Yeah. All right. So he's basically doing a reverse Patty Bergeron. He he got four years. I'm not coming back to the same spot. I'm going to – Yeah, he he has four years (laughs) to retirement. Uh,
0: Things weren't working out at the other one. And he said, all right, I I know my, my cue, deuces.
1: Well, congratulations to Big Kev. And when he hits retirement in four years, maybe then is when I'll accept this challenge to drop the gloves. Hey, uh, I, I'll watch from <laughs> a distance. You let me know how it works out. Even in retirement, we'll drop the gloves. It'll just be like uh, Lucic fighting like a uh, a junior player. Yeah, the, the, the big fella could still move. Uh, Don't let him fool you. <laughs> it's, it's funny because – uh, Big Kev always reminded me of my dad, and my dad later on in life would be like, because he was former Golden Gloves, I think like your dad, that's right? It. And uh my dad would always say, Listen, I got five minutes left in me. He's like, am I am I might I can't use all five minutes at one time. He's like, I can fight somebody for two here, a minute here, two minutes there. He's like, But I got five total minutes left. I feel yeah, like that's where just, your dad's just at. planning accordingly, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> But all right, that all right. sounds
0: good. Now what's on the agenda for you with uh you know the downtime coming up?
1: And any vacays or what was downtime. Uh so going to Oklahoma City, very exciting uh for my birthday, which is coming up on the eighth. Uh taking the coaster down for a weekend, uh getting a nice hotel room, dinners, things like that. And then uh the week after that, driving up to Kansas City, uh, going to a Royals game, and then going to the uh the World War Two museum that they have there. Uh like the popular one. I think New Orleans has the World War One and I think Kansas City has World War Two, or vice versa. Um so that's the plans for the break on top of work is in peak season. So what your schedule is like with the kiddos is like my schedule the, with work. <laughs> I, I will say while you're in KC, I, I might have to uh
0: send the Venmo over. get get like an authentic, you know, KC hat while in KC and have you ship it over to me. I might have to do that. The Royals hat Royals guess, hat? You know, in case I forget my name. I, I got it right there.
1: All right. I mean, let me know. I'll pick one up for you. I'll, I'll pick you one up in the uh the City Connect oh, styles. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's the plan for the break and then just to the work stuff on top of that. And then with the Copester, um, there's a app. I know you don't need to worry about it because of your yard for, uh, oh yeah, we're, um, we're all fenced for in. space yeah, with the big for boy. Joey. Yeah. So I have a yard here and it's all fenced in, but it's not huge. Like it's like, if we had your backyard, Kobe would be in heaven. Uh, so there's this app called sniff spot and it's basically people rent out their backyards and their farms and stuff for dogs and it's by the hour and yesterday i took her to a two acre fenced in property fully fenced in for seven oh, bucks come on. an hour so she could just run in like a and mad then, woman and good to go yeah yeah and there's tree stumps and a doggy pool and shade and things for her to smell and roll around in and all that shit and then today i took her to a 10 acre spot of land way outside of tulsa like one lane roads each way getting there uh partially fenced but she doesn't go more than 20 feet away from me at any given time before she stops and looks at me to be like can i keep going um, but took her there today and there was a pond that she very excitedly ran into, even though I told her not to. Um, so that was fun cleaning up, but that's essentially how I spend weekends to unwind from work and everything else. Like, all right, coach what property are we going to today? Oh, uh,
0: <laughs> one random thing too, j- just popped in, uh, earlier today. Ilya Samsonov with the Maple Leafs uh, got a one-year deal worth 3.55 after arbitration.
1: Oh yeah, we you talked about Samsonov. Yeah, remember I say Toronto got boxed in by picking him up last year. Oh, just see, you
0: just left it like that. <laughs> Listen, no, I know I I'm boring, but like, and I drone on. has been killing me. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, and one last quick thing. I uh, not officially the FL anymore, the First Lady, but still, uh, happy birthday, because she still listens. That's because she she, she loves it. She said that. <laughs> She's a diehard Ranger fan, even more than <laughs> me. <laughs> um, but tomorrow, the 24th, is her 33rd birthday, her Patrick Waugh year, uh, which I sent her, and she had no idea what I was talking about. Uh, but it's her Patrick Waugh year. She is now the age... I was when we moved back to New York before the pandemic. So, hopefully, a little bit more understanding about why I was always yeah, so tired. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> just, just
0: looking at that couch, I could sink right in. So,
1: <laughs> But that's it on my end. So, we'll catch back up with everybody and Dan HL in a couple of weeks and then get ready for another season of eternal disappointment for the well, Bruins and Rangers. We
0: will see everybody when we get back and love, peace, and hey, Greece. We'll see how we make out. Well, I just heard the news today. It seems my life is gonna change. I close my eyes, begin to pray. Then tears of joy stream down my face. We're lost.